When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wonka is over, but here on Post Show Recaps Theater, we are just getting started. My name is Ariel Wonka, and I am joined by my most faithful of Oompa Loompas. It is Grace. What's up, Grace? Well, I wanted to be Noodle, but that's okay. I'll be. Oh, I'll be. I'll be. I'll please be don't talk about Noodle and not expect me to not start crying. I'm just gonna say it off the top of the pod. Uh, if I have to be uh, the Oompa Loompa, though, then I think I have to do the whole press tour for this podcast, just being absolutely miserable at my experience recording the Wonka pod. Yeah, it yeah. was like uh, shades of uh, what's his name? I almost said Jonathan Reese Myers, but that's not the name of the actor who played Gimli in Lord of the Rings. We digress. Uh, but we are not alone today. We are joined mm. by... RHAP celebrity, it's Jofo. What's up, Jofo? <laughs> I'm not sure, so sure about celebrity there, but uh, thank you both for having me on. I'm excited to uh, begin to talk about Timothy Chalamet in like an appropriate way. I'm used to just talking to everyone in my life about him, and they're like, "Stop that!" So it, it's fun to be on a place where I'm allowed to be talking to him, and it's not weird. So thank yeah. you both for having me on. We I think a risky one though. Excited. You, yeah, you reached out. You're like, "I want to," because we we uh, play on uh, Puya's. Uh, 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 goose goose duck uh, stream sometimes and you and i was like you should come on do you watch a lot of movies you i, I follow your twitter you follow movies and you're like okay wonka and i was like oh nobody has requested wonka that's great thanks so much that's easy uh sometimes people are like a million people want to talk about the same movie but you were like i'll talk about wonka i think a risky proposition though if you want to talk about timothy chalamet i feel like uh, uh spoilers arrow i like this movie uh, <laughs> it's uh -huh. interesting there's an interesting a feedback roller coaster of, of the wonka movie i feel like Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I guess you mentioned it. I should just ask, Jofo, like, how are you from the future? How did you know you shot your shot on this movie? How did you know that it was going to be um, not quite at all the miss that uh, most of us thought it was going to be? And for me, it was a a lovely time at the movies. How did how did you feel about it? Like before it came out in your wisdom and how you feel about it now, having basically been right? Yeah, so I staked my claim on it, I guess, about a month ago. I think it's when I messaged Grace. I was like, I yeah. want Wonka. Get yeah. get me on for Wonka, please. Get me Wonka. And, she was like, and yeah, I was no like, I don't know how I'm going gonna, gonna to get to Chalamet to come to your house, but I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> Give me Wonka. But but what I was thinking back then is, you know, if it's going to be bad, it's going to be fun to talk about. Yeah. And if it's going to be good, then it'll also be good to talk about. Yeah. And it ended up being good. And I was shocked. I, I was... The day that the embargo lifted mm -hmm. uh, on the press tour, I was... I remember was like, it well. Yeah, yeah, I was walking around Disneyland. It was a very fun time. And I Whoa. pulled up Twitter. And sick. I just said to Matt, I was like, the Wonka reviews are out and it's good. It's actually good. <laughs> and and it, so it was it was fun um, that, uh, that, that I staked my claim and, and here yeah. we are. Yeah. So powerful. Um, so, yes, we are talking about Wonka, the much-anticipated 
prequel sequel uh but as we get into the ridiculous holiday schedule for movies be sure to subscribe push recaps.com slash movies is the url for your podcast catchers don't miss an episode of push or recaps theater grace you already said yeah you loved it do you have anything else i to say Loved it? Did I say I loved Sorry, it? Sorry, no, no, no. I, I sincerely am not trying to put words to your <laughs> no, mouth. No, it's I was, fine. It seemed you were having you had a very positive emotional yeah, reaction yeah, yeah. when you said that you yeah. uh, liked I, it. I I I did there are parts of this movie I I did love. I did love and I liked almost all of it. And and when I said that there was this like you know review feedback roller coaster, it basically was like the movie comes out and everyone's like, uh oh, why? And this is I think partially because the last Wonka movie that came out was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with Johnny Depp, which I do think holds nostalgia for people who like were younger with it. I feel like that's happening now, even though I think most of us, uh, more people than not, I think have nostalgia for obviously the Gene Wilder version. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was like supreme hesitation. I think the trailer came out and people were like, still, I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe, but I don't think so. But the Paddington you know a stamp of approval on it because those movies are amazing and the i think the writers for paddington 2 and paddington 2 is kind of the superior paddington um they were they were writing the wonka movie and and then paul king was directing then the yes the embargo release date came out and people were like it's so good and then there was the next wave of like the feedback backlash to like who said it was good. This was all over my TikTok. All the movie people I follow on TikTok were like, no, no, who said this was good? This is, I don't, and they're like, Timothy Chalamet sings bad. And I was like, oh, okay, I don't know. Sh don't, don't come for me. And then I went and I, <laughs> I'm not singing. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I feel like because of the second backlash wave i i then had a delight like i don't know it's so hard i try to really live in the kevin mahadeo world of like don't watch trailers but era we go to too many movies to not mm -hmm. see trailers yeah and so i feel i still try to like i put in my i put in like podcasts i'm listening basically right up until i know like okay the movie's gonna start and I put them away and i i watch the movie i don't know I, I had no expectations for this movie and i think that like it was so fun and i think that like again i don't know that i there's these movies that sometimes we talk about that i appreciate this because i'm not i don't feel like i'm the i'm fully the target audience for this movie and i thought it was still good so i feel like that means it i thought it was good did i yeah. love it i don't know i love some of it yeah. it sounds like you're backtracking no i'm kidding uh i I am I'm very happy to report that I was blissfully unaware of the backlash. I was still living in the oh my god, it's great. And that's it. That's where the roller coaster ended for me. And I yeah. went to the theater and I was like, even then, you know, the to the, your point about Paddington, I actually hadn't seen Paddington until very recently, like in the last six months. I saw both movies. Wow. Um, you know, agree for the most part. The second one is a superior Paddington. And even still, I was like, I'm sorry. You could tell me that, uh, you know, what's his name? That Peter Jackson is coming back into the movies and he's going to make Wonka. Like, I'm sorry. I just, you weren't going to sell it to me in any way that was going to make me think it was going to be good. Uh, even though I did like Paddington. And I was very happy that the, the first wave was the correct wave as far as I'm concerned. And I was really happy i was smiling you know there are things the singing uh, it was really funny for me like the movie starts and there's like what i call the wonka like twinkle that like song before he's before you, gene wilder famously starts singing in the room where everything is edible and i was like "Ooh, i'm feeling really good and then like a few seconds later timothy chalamet is singing and i'm like ah, i don't know like, <laughs> I don't know. with his hat full of dreams the movie still has me yeah. um 
but uh, I think that the the Paddington thing is worth mentioning and continuing to mention because I think similar to those movies, the thing that made me like it most and enjoy it was like the connection, you know, the found family, all that stuff, I think is like where the movie really, really shines. And I'm excited to get into spoilers so we can talk about some of these relationships. Uh, I cry a lot, Jofo. I'm a big crier famously. You know, I'm, I'm learning to, uh, mm -hmm. to, I've moved past like accepting that about myself. And like now I'm living in the, let's be proud of this. Okay. Um, are you a cry person? Do you cry movies? I, I'm like a like a get tears in my eyes person, but yeah. I don't like do the full crying. So yeah, that, that's where I'm yeah, at. And I got there a couple of times. Weeping, but okay, so yeah, you're I'll, human. I got there a couple of times. We'll get into spoilers. But the the thing about this movie was like it spent two years being a meme, right? Yes. Like, yeah. It, and it's tough to recover from something like that where you just the first thing like the, the from the first stills we had, which was just like the the Timmy in a hat. It's like why why. <laughs> who asked for this right and it's like continuing this like what we seem to be getting in movies now now we're like we're remaking ip we're doing prequels that nobody asked for and especially this time of year that seems to be yeah. what we're getting so i spent the last two years being terrified this was going to be like that that no one was going to see this like no one saw west side story right well, this right. Spielberg version, which had a whole different thing going for it right Shots other fired. other big big problems on west side story <laughs> yes. that don't exist here yeah. um or I spent time thinking like, is this going to be Fantastic Beasts, another franchise with mm. big problems? Wow. And it wasn't. It was good, and I liked it, and and so I I'm really happy about that. I also don't know why they hit it was a musical. That gave me a lot of worry. Well, leading they're up doing this now also. Yes, this is a thing, Grace, yeah. that you and I have talked about. Like they're. And I was thinking about this just today because I'm seeing all the posters for Mean Girls, and I'm like, okay, at least. Mean Girls is like, uh, you know, they're putting it, they put the little music note in the A, so it's like this very like, ah. subtle, but not at all, uh, but really too subtle thing. And I guess my defense of Mean Girls is just, and not that I need to defend it at all, because that movie might be crap, but uh, there's already a well-known movie that they're now making to the into a musical, whereas this is like... A different thing and also i guess it's continuing some of the musical qualities of the original but i this this thing of hiding the musical i'm like almost insulted well like, there's a i saw a fantastic tweet that was like do you know what i i hate more than musicals accidentally seeing a musical yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i think the argument would be from like the studio suits right like if it's if we call it a musical then we're like fragmenting the audience yeah. that like might be willing to see it sight unseen but to your point it's like the people who don't want that are like oh no now i'm trapped and i have to watch this i don't but, know but, but the wild very, thing like, about anti-musical jofo yeah, yeah. The, the wild thing about i'm not anti-musical at all i love music yeah no, no. <laughs> but, but but like the biggest one of the biggest surprises we've had in the last decade was greatest showman which was like right a holiday musical that was unapologetically mu musical and it had like these huge long legs and it was stayed in theaters for like three months and everyone loved it and now they're all the studios are just hiding anyway we're really in the weeds <laughs> for the beginning of the podcast cowards <laughs> i am one of the few people who did not see that movie um and you haven't uh, seen greatest showman maybe maybe one day oh. yeah uh greatest. toronto there's a there's a bunch of greatest showman uh, sing-along uh, showings if you want to come to toronto i'm sure yeah people are mm. still talking about it not just on this podcast i hear people yeah. talk about it all the time and when yeah. i go to karaoke people are doing the songs and i'm like yeah. okay it's fun it's are pretty great. fun yeah. uh okay 
We've had enough of this vague chatter. We will now spill the PSRT and uh, get into some spoilers. So let's do it. Wonka, written by Paul King and Simon Farnaby. Again, the co-writers of Paddington 2, directed by Paul King. We meet a young Willy Wonka, played by the very famous Timothy Chalamet, who arrives to open a chocolate shop after traveling the world, uh, but he quickly works through his savings, literally within like the first five minutes of the movie. He stays at Mrs. Scrubbit and Mr. Bleacher's like internment camp, quote-unquote, in... And though Noodle, who he meets, tries to warn him to meet the to read the fine print at the end of that contract, he can't read, so he signs the contract. Uh, he tries to sell his chocolates in uh, Galerie Gourmet, but without a license, his earnings are revoked by the chief of police, who's played by Keegan Michael Key. Unable to pay his bill at Mrs. Scrubbit's, she activates the whatever subclause of that ridiculous contract and holds him captive basically until he can pay off all his wages for basically using the stairs and uh he works in the laundrette in the basement with other characters that we meet abacus piper larry and lottie wonka makes a makeshift laundry machine with the help of the guard dog so that he can escape during the day sell chocolate and also so that he can like alleviate the workload of his compatriots which they obviously appreciate uh little does he know that the chocolate cartel is in full force, led by uh, Slugworth and these other names that I can't pronounce, Fickle Gruber and Prodnose. And they have paid off the chief of police with chocolate specifically, it's worth noting, to shut down the chocolate sales of their competitors, in this case, Wonka. Noodle is helping Wonka to read and teaching him to do so, and it's adorable. And he's also having his chocolate stolen, meanwhile, by an Oompa Loompa named Lofty. Uh, played by Hugh Grant as a debt for stealing the cocoa beans from Loompa Land. We learned this via flashback. It's a whole thing. Wonka initially finds it hard to sell his chocolate, but with the help of the other captives at uh, Mrs. Scrubbit's, he's able to make enough money to open his own shop and rent the space, therefore preventing the cartel from shutting him down. Uh, Wonka learns that Noodle may be related to Mr. Slugworth. This is a very, very interesting turn of events in the movie mrs scrubbit and bleacher poison his chocolates uh and the store fails miserably literally on the first day it catches fire like you know the the meme like it's going down in flames. like it literally goes down in flames it's, it's this movie is awful. dark sometimes it was just like, i was like wait how long shallow way through the flames how yeah. long do yeah. we have left in this movie this is a very dark yeah. though, right now yeah. um Wonka, who learned to make chocolate from his deceased mother, who we meet via flashback and also plays the mother figure in the Paddington movie. So, you know, your heart just mm. like immediately goes there. Uh, he was told that she would be there, quote unquote, when he sold his chocolate to the world. And when the store fails, he believes she might have been wrong. Or that she was lying, which totally sucks. Uh, Wonka is paid to leave town by the cartel uh, and uses the money to give the other you know, fellow captives, co-workers, helpers of his, their freedom. But when he survives an assassination attempt, it was all a scam, by the cartel in cahoots with the chief of police, he swims back to rescue Noodle. Uh, who was not released by Scrubba. It was another twist on a twist. It was awful. The group 
infiltrates the cartel's hideaway to find the secret dossier of crimes, aka the books that they are cooking. Uh, but Wonka and Noodle are captured. Mr. Slugworth reveals that he is Noodle's uncle. He killed her father to inherit the chocolate fortune and gave Noodles to Mrs. Scrubbit when her mother couldn't afford to keep her. And then told her mother that Noodle was dead, which is extra awful. They are saved by Lofty again, uh, who returns for his last bit of chocolate owed to him. I love that, like, the, the chocolate is the real reason that they all survive over and over again. The dossier uh, is given to the police and the cartel and the chief of police himself are arrested. Wonka shares the last chocolate bar given to him by his mother with his companions. Thankfully, there are six pieces and it wasn't awkward. Uh, <laughs> and he tells Noodle that her mother is at the library. I'm going to cry. Noodle and her mom reunite while Wonka offers Lofty a job at the new factory that he not only envisions, but he kind of opens by the end of the movie. And that is Wonka. It's a lot. That's a lot. That's very plotty. That movie, Joe. Phil. It, was, it was. Yeah. I think when, when you read out. it out like that and it's like, yeah. oh, they packed all this into a less than two hour movie. Look what they they just moved right through it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I think for the most part, it's it was wise to try to put a lot narratively into like a short amount of time as opposed to like try to stretch it out. Uh, because, you know, Grace already knows what I'm going to say. Sometimes when the movie's too long and the pacing is bad, you lose me. And I, you know, I might start uh, saying bad stuff about it on the pod. But I think the, the, like I said before, the connections between the characters, and especially I will say here, the connection between Wonka and Noodle is the heart of the movie i would argue actually that noodle herself is the heart of the movie even though wonka is the really the main character there are so many times where they're having like the smallest conversation just like exchanging histories pieces of information and i am riveted in a way that i am kind of not always uh during the rest of the movie jofo how did you feel about uh this relationship I, I agree with you. I thought it really was like what kept the everything moving forward. And it really was the the heart of the movie. You got into the what, the reveal that we got at the end, um, which was when we got the teary part. Um, not to sure it's totally deserved, but the the pay the emotional payoff we got at the end. Wow. But well, we can get to that. Um, but <laughs> uh, but I do agree. I, I think the fact that it worked on me, even though I now in retrospect, I'm like, eh, probably not shows that it really was the heart of the movie. And we should note that Noodle is played by total newcomer, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Kayla Lane. Did I, get, I think that's her Kayla, first name. Kay yeah, Kayla Lane. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I feel like this this movie is is really full. I, if the, one of the things I got pretty excited about when going into this movie is like the people who are in it. Uh, I'm, I'm a big Timothy Chalamet fan. Um, yeah, Kayla Lane was, was a surprise, but I like Keegan-Michael Key. I like um, uh, our like, you know, bad guys are, um, uh, I don't know. I don't know a ton of the three other than Matt Lucas, who's sort of the one who keeps like saying the things, but I love Sally Hawkins. I obviously love Olivia Coleman, uh, Hugh cast. Grant, Coleman cast. Yeah. Um, this movie had a lot of like, sort of like, uh, British comedian cameos. Um, uh, Phil Wang and Charlotte Ritchie both on Taskmaster. Uh, Tom Davis is a British show panel show comedian. So like this cast was just like so full for me um and i i think to the point maybe you're saying about like the noodle stuff not being um super earned in terms of her mom is like this movie is so full all the for the entirety of the movie 
that it's almost like how did they not do more with them like the mom scene is like a flashback where her mom is we don't know anything about her should we like she's supposed to be some bookworm we don't know much about the father um it's it's pretty empty other than the fact that like she has this necklace as an n it turns out that that's a z because that's her sorry a z that's her father's <laughs> that's her that's her father's first name um and so like yeah, I, I do love what we what we get. And and to your point, Eric, like I, I don't want the movie to be longer. So I thought it was like pretty uh it's just under two hours, I think. And I kind of love that both the like both sides of the story, you basically have like all of the you have um uh like Wonka and Noodle, and then all the people who work downstairs basically up against like everybody else which is like scrub it and bleacher keeping them uh locked up uh even like rowan atkinson gets a turn at like being like you know a fool in this in this movie as being like the priest who's uh his church is right above the thing you have these three bad guys like there's a lot happening and i thought that the pacing of like i need to do this thing i need to go get giraffe's milk and then he find it it's like all the things that kept happening i thought like progressed pretty well while keeping the theme of like the fam like this like found family working together to overcome all of the the, the baddies i thought was really really good but i i would agree with your point jeffo that like yeah then the noodle stuff is like you know it's like oh and also yeah she might be related to one of them and then uh, okay that here's here's who that is and then an immediate like you know uh resolution to that story in a way that i don't think is as effective as the rest of the movie yeah, I I think the fact that I cared the most about Noodle made it really easy for me to just like gloss over, you know, I think when you have an emotional resolution like her with her mom, there's like, do you how far do you want to stretch this out? Like at some point, it's just going to feel like this should have ended already. But like to me, it was all just the cherry on top because her, her relationship, her growth, like what they do for each other, the moment where, the moment where, where Wonka gets the, the, the proposition to leave so that they can all get their money. And like, even though it's a lie, the idea at first is like, not only is noodle going to get, you know, her, her debt paid off, but there's also going to be all this extra money for her to go to school and, you know, get, housing i should have known it was a lie it was too good to yeah be true. he he basically only says like yeah i'll say i'll do it for noodle like he basically does like yes he does buy the rest of their freedom but he's basically like no noodle is who he's doing this for mm -hmm. yeah and i think that part especially when he's like presented with that choice like choices hard choices like that that like ultimate usually aren't actually all that hard for certain characters just like always hit me so whether it's something stupid like survivor when they're like okay you can give up your letter and everybody else gets their letter i'm like oh no the, emo <laughs> the emotional states are so high uh and, and even in fiction it totally gets me but um yeah i just thought that they uh like i was i was shocked that that the noodle thing ended up being uh well the, the noodle character really overall ended up being like so uh so important to me personally we mentioned the people uh that wonka works with and noodle works with i just want to shout out jim carter who plays abacus crunch famous for playing carson from downton abbey what a great name what a great character name he's mm -hmm. an accountant named abacus crunch that's so good so he good. he does be crunching crunching the numbers <laughs> um yeah lottie lottie doesn't get a lot to say and i love that they go out of their way to give her one of the few lines that she has in the movies is I don't say a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love when it's like, yes, you don't say a lot. That's true. 
Um, how did we feel about, uh, I mean, ultimately you said this before grace, but the, you know, the bad guys, it really is just Slugworth. I mean, we know Slugworth, the name, certainly maybe not this particular ver this particular Slugworth, but we know Slugworth from the original movie and how terrible they're supposed to be. Um, this, uh, I'm trying to find the, the actor's name, but we know him from, I only know him from The Leftovers, which is obviously like an incredibly this respected and well-regarded. Patterson series. Joseph, who's playing yeah. Slugworth, and then Matt Lucas plays Prodnos, and Matthew Bainton plays uh, Felix Ficklegruber. Yeah. Yes. Because uh, Slugworth needed to be evil. We knew, like, you're playing, with, when you cast a another Slugworth, you're like playing against the expectation of what Slugworth will be like. Uh, was Slugworth evil enough for both of you? What do you think, Jeffo? I, I certainly thought so. And I actually didn't place Patterson Joseph from Leftovers. He was totally new to me, even though I've seen the show. Matt Lucas was the only one of the three I knew, and I only know him from the Great British Bake Off. Mm -hmm. um, so, cause, so basically, all the, the three British character actors is what it seems like to me, and they all played the part really well. They all, The thing about this movie is everyone there seemed to be having a lot of fun when they mm -hmm. were filming it. Um, you can especially say that for Olivia Coleman, who was just having the time of her life. Yeah. Um, but the, the three baddies and I guess looping in Kegel, Michael key in on, on them as well. Uh, I thought that they were, I mean, they were bribing the, 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 you know, the chief of police with chocolate in order to hold down, uh, hold down any young entrepreneurs. I feel like that's a pretty good, I mean, it's just normal capitalism, but I feel like it's a pretty good, <laughs> a little uh, too close to home. <laughs> like, yeah. A pretty good sign, sign of evil. This movie, it knows exactly what it is. The fact that the MacGuffin that they have to go get is literally an evil dossier of crimes that they've documented. Like, why would you keep that? But they do. They have. They need. They need the record keeping. People of their do. Crime. Listen, this happens in real life. Like, mm. where? And I guess it's a little maybe search Ariel's like, apartment for his digital. Please, no, crimes. don't come here. <laughs> mm. uh, I haven't committed a single crime. But yeah, I mean, to your point that everyone's having fun, I do think there's something to be said that a bunch of these people have. You know, you, you mentioned Sally Hawkins, who I, I really love Sally Hawkins, like a ton, a ton. And um, the fact that she's in Paddington, Hugh Grant is like, sure, I'll come back. And then they're like, OK, we're going to put you in mocap the whole time. And he's like, damn it. OK, but <laughs> a lot of these people have been in in um, in this. I believe Olivia Coleman's going to be is Paddington three not not happening. Is that not in my in my on for next year? Yeah. And I think Olivia Coleman's in it. So I, I do think the fact that. Paul King, like this little Paul King verse, like uh, with mm -hmm. Paddington 2. And I, yeah, I, th I think uh, Simon Farnaby is involved in Paddington 1, even if he didn't write it. So I do think that there is something to these are really fun sets. The movies are fun. This is a movie, although it's very dark, like we did not point out in the recap that Wonka and Noodle almost drowned via chocolate. Like that is like the climax to the movie is that they're going to drown and it's not until Lofty comes and, and, and lets them go. It's really dark. But I also think there is something like classic Disney about that energy of like Disney for a long time, these really dark themes that they would play into. Like mm -hmm. the, both of these characters have like dead parents, right? Like, um, and I think that he, Paul King has managed to capture a type of like energy and a format that I feel like really resonates. It's, it's both hopeful and whimsical and, and yeah, it's a little like dark. And I, I think sometimes like it takes big swings and, you know, Eric, we always say this, like um, this movie is not boring in the slightest. And I think even the critiques mm -hmm. of it would not say that it's like 
boring. I think the critiques of it are like, I don't even know what the, the critique, the music I think we could get into in a bit, but overall, yeah, I think I was I, like saving that for last for my complaints. <laughs> yeah. But well, my big complaint is the Keegan Michael key thing where it's just like, okay, we don't really like that, that. That's where I feel like he's like, there's a little like out of dateness in terms of like, um, Jerry cause he Bulldog. could just, he could just, he could just yeah. like chocolate, not, not be gaining weight over the course of the movie, but whatever, like it doesn't weeks. matter. But, yeah, but you're right, Jofo. It is like very, that, that's true. one of the few things that did feel like very, I mean, uh, Roald Dahl. in the original Willy Wonka, uh, and the shock effect is the, you know, Augustus gloop, the whole thing is he getting stuck in the tube, but you know, it's he's there. a mutant. He's one of the <laughs> X-Men. I just, I'm, I'm saying it now, <laughs> but, um, I, I don't know. I just, I think that there's like an energy to this movie that I think you're right. But like, it does feel like everybody's having fun. I think that that must be the work of like what it's like on set and also just like i think the writing of these movies and the way that they they come out in terms of like paddington and and wonka i think i think you know i i quite liked it and i thought the energy was was really on point in this movie yeah i mean you're you're referencing we have dead parents for the two main characters we have Jack. drowning in chocolate we have uh sure. wonka almost trying to get any like waterboarded situation getting yeah. dunked in a fountain <laughs> yeah. and we have six people who live in a basement as indentured mm -hmm. servants and apparently nobody cares that they're gone like mm -hmm. and and that's that's like the darkest of it all it's like we have no one cares that like that abacus crunch is just hiding in a basement somewhere and no one's missing him it's, but it works because the the consequent like the the realities of this world are also that like everybody can be bribed by chocolate, you know, like there's like, and they can escape. They can all escape in like a, you know, a, a cart of like laundry. No, I agree that everyone seems to be having fun. And I think one of the, there are some laughs in this movie that are not earned, I will say. And, uh, but some of the biggest laughs for me that were earned were like when something like very serious or awful is happening and then they take the time to like tell a joke like specifically the moment you're mentioning grace when they're when they're drowning in the chocolate um and then there is i mean i guess at this point that it's being drained but there's this relief from from noodle because the whole the whole time in the entire movie Nobody had ever seen the little orange man. It was only Wonka. Noodle thought he was making up. Everybody else thought he was making up. And then Noodle finally sees the Oompa Loompa while she's like having right. been rescued from this chocolate. And it's just like, thank you, little orange man. It was just <laughs> the so one for me is Keegan Michael Key is drowning Wonka and he's telling him things as Wonka is like in the yeah. water. And Wonka's like, I can't understand you because you keep this was a like, very oh, yeah, crazy yeah. thing. He's, yes, he's like, Oh, right, all right, that makes sense. I'll let me tell you like when you're not being drowned. And it's like, I don't know, that was so funny to me. No. I will I will just call it like another one or two because this one is actually really messed up. When Slugworth, it's like the the scene where Slugworth and Noodle and Wonka are all having like the conversation about Noodle's parentage and and they're like, what was my mom's name? And Slugworth's like, oh, shit, yeah. I just, I like literally don't remember. It was so oh. brutal. There's also, they drug, they basically drug the guards, but two, two, two guards. Yeah. They like, yeah, yeah he like make, gives them like alcoholic <laughs> chocolate. That like, but they had a party. It's, they basically roofie them, right? Because they have a party, they go out to yeah. the club and then they pass out. So yeah. this is even worse than just drugging them. It's like outright roofing them. Um, 
And then the last one I want to call out is like the monks are all chanting, right. and that was so in response funny. to to uh, to Mister Bean as the uh, cardinal in chief or whatever his position is, uh -huh. and they say, and he says something they don't like, and they all chant. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> it was so stupid. I was like, this is just stupid enough that I'm I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, I I thought it was I thought it was very fun. Should we talk about the singing? I feel like it's like it is the complaint of the of the movie, I feel like I'm seeing, which is that like there aren't a ton of earworms, if any. Although I Ariel, I'm I'm terrified to be like the music maybe wasn't that good considering our track record on um movie music. I don't uh, care. I said what like, I said. I don't know if you're familiar, but Java, we were like, I don't know if any of these uh, songs, what's the movie? Oh, got Encanto. Uh, I'm like, I don't know. We were like, I don't know if any of these are good. And then they become like <laughs> the most popular Disney songs of all time. So we maybe are not the music experts, but I, okay, here's the thing. I actually thought Timothy Chalamet is a good singer. I don't think he's as bad as I saw people claiming he was to be. I also would agree that I don't think like I was incredibly blown away by his like performance i think he's like he has the ability to sing but he's not like you know masterful and i'm not like oh my god and so it just leaves you with like yeah the music parts were like fine you know they were like completely fine i don't know what do you make of the music jopa i think i agree with you um you know like timothy he's not broadway trained he's not classically right. trained he's right he like went to high he went to LaGuardia high school like so he's a he's a theater kid but he's this isn't what he does, but I thought he was up for it. Right. And it, and it mm -hmm. seemed like he was enjoying himself. So I I don't need in a music in a movie musical that's more movie than musical. I, I don't need like, you know, I don't need Hugh Jackman or or Zach Efron or whoever uh, like playing it up. Uh, there was one song that I thought Timothy was really bad in. Um, and it, it's supposed to be like the big a world. It's a world of your own which is supposed to be like the big, like triumphant number when he's opening the store. And right. like he needed to be belting in that and he did not have it. And I, I'm not a singer, yeah. so I can't really criticize too much. Like that do much. it, try, Jofo, do I, it. No, do I, 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 I'll get yelled at, you, you don't want that. Um, but, but, like, it was, but the other songs I thought were fun. I mean, like nothing's going to go viral. I, I feel confident saying that. This is like, no one's going to be talking about this in a year being like, do you remember, it's, you know, this isn't, we don't talk about Bruno or anything like that. None of these songs are going to be that. Um, but there were some fun songs in there. Um, the I really liked um, Scrub Scrub. I thought that like yeah. had fun, like cell block tango vibes. And yeah. I, I enjoyed that. Um, the, 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 you've never had chocolate like this, the song that they did twice. Um, right. mm -hmm. I, the, the chocolate, not that one. I, I thought that was really fun and catchy, but no, no one's going to be talking about it in a year. I mean, we tried, Ariel. We tried to put a Broadway singer in the in the movie adaptation of the Broadway play, and we got Dear Evan Hansen, so I don't know what people want. Please people want. never say the title. Waving through a window. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I think this... I think this... Uh, yeah, my thing is always... Okay, this is really dumb, but here I go. There's there's like really good musicals full stop and there's like really bad full stop, right? And like that's on the opposite side of the spectrum. But then for me in the middle, there's like good uh good plot with bad music or like bad plot with good music. And this to me was very like 
And obviously there's, you know, different degrees in between, but those are like the big buckets for me. For th this, for me, was like not great music with like really good story. Um, I just think for me, it always comes down to the lyrics themselves. Like, yes, like a powerful performance will always, you know, or like raw talent will always kind of overshadow you know, whatever problems I have with the lyrics, but sometimes it's the, the lyrics just start to like sound like every other, you know, I'm not a super big musical person, so I'm not pretending to know, you know, more than I do, but I just feel like it doesn't, it's not special to a little bit to like what Jeffo was saying. And then like some of the, some of the lyrics seem silly. And that for me is usually a bigger thing. Like if I'm like, kind of like, you know, tilting my head and like, you know, uh, moving one eye in the other direction because I'm feeling uncomfortable. Like, is that, mm, that didn't really pass the smell test. Um, it's, it's not, it's not enjoyable for me, but like there were a couple of songs that I was enjoying more again because of the story things. But I think this can like kind of dovetail us into our like overall Timothy Chalamet conversation, which is like, how do we feel like this will uh you know reflect on him how will this at all if at all affect his 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 legacy going forward and i don't mean to imply that it will negatively impact i just mean in general like obviously he's a superstar like dune 2 still hasn't come out that's really okay. all we're waiting for i would say a lot of the people that went to see this movie were like this isn't dune damn it i was lied to <laughs> what are you doing wonka um <laughs> can I, I i actually think it is kind of interesting to think about if dune had been released at the time it was supposed to which was uh, i think i think november was I when think it was, it was october supposed to i think i think it was okay, supposed to be so october maybe, yeah maybe it got pushed and then it got pushed again yeah. but do you think that, that them coming out in much quicker succession uh, dune has it is it like what is it march february march march, yeah. march one yeah march for, yeah so not basically. that i'm not that basically. i like a countdown calendar <laughs> Basically February. Like three, two, three, one, 24. <laughs> Basically February, if you ask me, March 1st. Um, I do think, I mean, not that like now, I, I guess now this is like the same. It's just reverse. Like I feel like Dune would have come out and then Waka would have come out and now Waka come out, came out and now. And then and we then would have Dune. all just ran to see Dune again. Like, well, right after we got out of Wonka. Well, I don't know. I'm just, in my mind, they were supposed to, they would have come out closer, but now they're basically coming out the same. They're just sort of flipped. Mm -hmm. But I do, I do think, think the thing about them like comparing sort of like his you know him as paul atreides and then him as is wonka is i i do feel like to a to a degree i i think i'm too biased for this conversation because i really like timothy chalamet and so basically my point is like wow he could do it all huh you know it's like it's a little bit of how like when he walks in and and i will say like i don't think that this was like I, I don't think this was like Gene Wilder. Like Gene Wilder had something so incredible about Wonka that I I don't think that this this is a different version of the of of the character entirely. And there's I saw another point that's like it doesn't know whether it's trying to be a Johnny Depp sequel or a Gene Wilder sequel. And I'm like I don't actually think it's trying to be either. I think that they were like mm -hmm. okay with this idea that it's just its own thing. It is not really like a prequel to either of those movies. In my like from what I see of it, because like he does some of the Gene Wilder, like, you know, lines. And it's certainly not because I think we get a whole backstory thing in, in the, in the Charlie, Charlie and the chocolate factor version. So, but I, I felt like he was so endearing. And again, that might just be like the bias in me that I like, I think Timothy Chalamet is endearing rather than like Timothy Chalamet as Wonka to be uh, endearing. But, I thought the performance worked. I mean, as we said, the music maybe not so much, but I thought him as Wonka was like 
it worked for what this movie was trying to get, to do, but I don't know what you think, Jeffo. Yo, I'm just surprised neither of you were blown away with the lyric of noodle, noodle, apple strudel. Trudel. Like that was an, <laughs> well, an all timer. So now yeah. I'll never forget it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think the next rhyme was doodle after that, but not doodle as like a drawing. It was do dole. Anyway, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, do, yeah. He kept he kept like doodling certain words. Uh, yeah, who knows what you can doodle like like that? Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. It's, um, it's, uh nike's new uh catchphrase doodle and i'll I'll get back to the timmy thing i just want to plant my flag really on my song theory on my like music theory which i thought a lot about after i saw little mermaid over the summer Mm -hmm. which is what you want in your in what the what really what makes a really good uh movie song like you know when you think of the classic disney songs like part of your world or a whole new world or things like that you don't want your songs doing plot and and i think that this is a movie where the songs did a lot of plot and, mm. and so like the, the big problem I had with little mermaid with the, the new Lin-Manuel songs over the summer was like the, the big um, Jonathan or what's his name? Jonah Howard King piece was like, all just like him singing about what, you know, like it, it wasn't him singing his feelings. It was him singing the, what needed, what needed to happen next in the story. And it just, it doesn't work. And that's what I thought kind of the downfall, why none of these songs are going to be remembered. Um, Cause it, can I say, of, we don't talk about Bruno as basically a plot. <laughs> but yeah, yeah but I wouldn't put, I certainly wouldn't put that like up there with, you know, part of your world. It's not like, or... No, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I, I think like uh, we don't talk about Bruno at like a moment on TikTok. And yeah. I don't think it five, 10 years from now, we're going to be like, oh, we we don't talk about Bruno. Yeah, we'll be no. vindicated. We'll Can still I... be talking about <laughs> I just want to say because uh, there's a music a movie musical that came out last year that was dropped on Netflix. I got to see it in theaters because there's a theater here that plays the Netflix movies ahead of time. If you haven't watched the Mat- Matilda the musical, go check that out. That thing is an absolute delight. I think it's very much in line with this, where I think like probably in that movie the music is better than the story. So it's kind of like the reverse of your theory, Ariel. But that movie is that the music in that movie is. And that movie has something that will always wow me, regardless. But especially when when. Uh... I'm talking about choreography. I was about to say when when children do it, but I have to see the choreography part first. Like seeing seeing those kids like put on that really impressive choreography in the Matilda movie is just like incredible. Um, I yeah, the Timothy Chalamet thing is interesting to me because I actually feel like when again it's this connection thing that I keep like annoyingly coming back to. Like I felt like when he was playing against someone I didn't care about, or when he was like in a room by himself. I kind of am like getting so much Timothy Chalamet proper. And then in the moments where I feel like he's really emotionally connecting. Come on. He wasn't even speaking French. Especially noodle. I'm like, yes, this is Wonka. This is a character. Like I'm really feeling it now. Um, I really hope that his, I didn't, I didn't really like him in Dune. I loved Dune, but I actually thought like his, I've seen him be so good in so many things. And for whatever reason, that kind of just like, fell flat for me so i'm really excited to see like the next part of his journey because i think it's going to be way more interesting from the little that i do know um but i'm just saying for me personally he's not like it's really fascinating for me now to go watch a timothy chalamet movie because i'm like is this going to be one of the times for the most part and that's true of like he wows me or is this going to be one of those times where i'm like "Mm, you're kind of like not quite calibrated to what i would want but i'm like you know a selfish idiotic person yeah and I mean, if you think about Timmy, sorry, I didn't mean to just agree. Uh, yeah, I like, no, um, I like it. No, I like, yeah, Eric, yeah, it sounded like it was like, I'm going to like, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. But Continue. If you, th- <laughs> if you think about, about Timothy as like, 
what he what he's destined to seemingly destined to become, which is like Gen Z Leo, right? That's the trajectory he seems to want to be on. And this was a turning point for him um, mm-hmm. in terms of what he's done. He's used to really doing a lot of acting with a capital A. It feels mm-hmm. like that was like, you know, when you, you look at Call Me By Your Name, you look at Beautiful Boy, uh, you look at Dune, you look at Little Women, like he's bringing it, right? In, yeah. in all those parts. And he's he's either like the moody teenager or he's like the anguished young man. or And, and in this one, he just was, I, I, I mean, my best read on it. And I think Grace hit it on the head. It was like... He was kind of just being him. Um, mm-hmm. And like he was just being like a little, you know, a goofy little kid, like his his zany self type of situation. And I think I was taken by him in this performance the same way Grace was, which like I like Timothy Chalamet. And so I like Timothy Chalamet as Wonka. And, and mm-hmm. so I, I I'm interested to see like where this takes him, because this shows, you know, Dune was a big genre piece. It was going to do good. It was going to do well no matter what. Right. This was a movie that didn't need to do well, right? If if this movie got, you know, got awful reviews, this would have bombed and it would have been disastrous for him and his career moving forward. But it didn't do bad. It, it's already made back its budget in, you know, two international weekends and one domestic weekend. So it, like it proved, yeah, he can be a leading man in a big studio movie, which mm-hmm. I'm not sure we knew before this weekend. Yeah, I would agree with that because Dune Dune has such a name property. He, the, the closest I think to want, interestingly is like Don't Look Up, where he he does he plays such a goofball in that in Awful that movie. movie uh, yeah, it's a bad movie, but you know he. I mean, that's a Leo movie, right? Talking about him wanting to be like that's fair. You know, Gen Z Leo. I can see why he like signs on to that movie. Then he goes and does Bones and all. So like, I I it does feel like he almost wants to do he he can attach himself to these big movies to then let himself have a little bit more freedom maybe to do some of this other stuff like he did the french dispatch as well which is like that was a movie that's like filled with people so he's like not super in it but he's he's in it so um to me that's that's pretty interesting the, the thing i would say like looking at his his you know sort of imdb he doesn't it, it's very rare that he like what's the most like i do agree that he like he acts but i don't know what the most like character character thing he has done whereas like this is a good example of the way he like timothy chalamet is a character a character right um mm-hmm. in the way that i'm thinking about like you know you know do i think to your point ariel like he doesn't really need to be the most inter- like th- that that paul atreides role is so like you know there's stuff Thanks, in there Liz. but like <laughs> but also like it, you know sometimes the leads of these like you know these things are are actually quite boring you know the like uh luke skywalker but apologies if you like luke skywalker i like luke skywalker but he's like kind of boring you know yeah but no, even like he's whining or when i hate him he's still like completely interesting to me and you know the with with it has shown itself to be like the except there have been very few roles of his that I felt this way, but there have been a couple and I've been noting them again because it is the exception where I'm like, oh, yeah, you didn't quite bring. And I think he does better. You know, we're talking, Jeff, what you mentioned, you know, like little women call me by your name. Like, I think he seems to do better for me personally, like when he has to retreat back into his emotion and emotions and when he has to be a little bit more like uh positively joyfully explosive it's maybe not quite right i don't know i guess we'll see we'll see going forward because i think um you know i think this thing of like hollywood actors to the extent that this is even true anymore for someone as famous as him you know the whole like one for me one for you all me i really want to make whatever movie he's gonna make 
next. Uh, so, you know, I'll do this Wonka thing so that, you know, obviously there's money involved, but, um, you know, keeping some people he's, happy. It seems like Bob Dylan. Dylan. Yeah. Yeah, it's be Bob Dylan play too. like yeah. really interesting and cha- most importantly, challenging to him seemingly uh, character. So yeah, Bob Dylan obviously is like the big one that is on, is on the horizon next. And I'll be, we'll all be excited to see where that, uh, where that leads him hopefully some somewhere good yeah because that that one i mean we're talking about a movie that's probably two that's not even filmed yet it's probably two three years out but that feels like the oscar play for him mm-hmm. so you know you you go be a real person that's how you get an oscar another oscar nomination mm-hmm. um but you know and like paul atreides like i feel like he's a blank slate there intentionally i actually don't know the dune lore i'm mm-hmm. just i'm movie only mm-hmm. but i feel like it's intentional that you don't feel much about him um through that role maybe i might be totally wrong this no, is just I'm, my read read on no, you're it right. yeah the the only other time that i can think <laughs> where it's like no you're right <laughs> thank you um the only other time where i can think where he was like big out there character was beautiful boy which i'm not mm. I'm, um because you know he's playing you know the um the drug addicted teenager mm-hmm. trying to reconnect with his father things like that and that required a lot of big moments from him he initially got some Oscar buzz for it for supporting, and it just it yeah wasn't there. Uh, um, I, I, he got Oscar buzz before the movie came out, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, you know, I, I do think, like I said earlier, this was a turn for him because he did get to be a character as opposed to being just like a teenager in a movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, shout out to one of the first things i saw him in probably the first actually uh season two of homeland where he played the vice president's son and he was very annoying but i was compelled (laughs) um let's see is there anything else about wonka i love a heist no matter if it's marvel yeah i I thought the end heist i mean there were a lot to your previous point a little bit grace there were kind of like little heists along the way and that was like the big heist that we were building to um but uh yeah, we, yeah, we were sitting in a movie theater, and all of a sudden, Ocean's Eleven broke out. Yeah. And I was like, where, where did, the, like, we're going down in the elevator to the basement. Uh-huh. Like, where did this come from? Why are we doing this in Wonka? Yeah, yeah and just the, the idea that some of the, the things, suit. like, there is this, like, inherent magic to the world, and, like, sometimes we know it's fake, and sometimes we're, like, and I enjoy this, to be clear, sometimes we're questioning, is this thing actually happening, or is this something that's a character is imagining, and I think it's fun that you know, sometimes we can't tell because the original movie is very magical and has a lot of, you know, fantastical uh, moments. Yeah. So we'll see. Are we going to get Wonka 2? Oh, please no. (laughs) That's how I feel. (laughs) One and done, please. We don't don't need this to be a thing. Wonk 1, Wonk 2. Is there much history of of musical sequels? Like, it's one thing to, like, yeah, just, like, sequelize. You, they could, which they could. They don't need to make the second one a musical. But They can make him as a baby. Mm, even younger. Keep going further back. Yeah. I mean, the, the bit would basically be... I, well, the problem is that I don't think you're getting Hugh Grant back. He seemed to be absolutely miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, the whole thing is probably then, like, setting up the factory with, like, Oompa Loompas and stuff. And, I, yeah, I, I, I don't think we could, but it made $150 million. Weekend, oh, no. So I think... 
They're Certainly, do an oompa loompa thing. Oh no, I just figured it out. That's that's the play. That's the play. Because then you don't have to get oh, the Wonka character back. It's like the way they're doing like all the Spider-Man villain movies without Spider-Man. Right. Not that oompa loompas are right. villains. I guess in this right. movie they kind of are. Uh, no, then we'll get like Augustus Gloop backstory. We'll get <laughs> the the <laughs> Wonka verse. Yeah, the Come on, it writes itself, y'all. This is yeah. this is the future of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think we've done enough harm to to cinema yeah. here. Uh, also, I just want to shout out John Reese Davies. Uh, God bless you, who played Gimli. I had the name wrong earlier. Throw some who is also him. mad about who also right? Who's also mad about mocap? So maybe they get him if they do Wonka too. Oh. They could get him to play uh, a different, more ornery um, Oompa Loompa. Um, if we're if we're moving on from Wonka, I'd like to, to uh, let folks know. Make sure you fill out the uh, top ten movie poll in the in the show notes. And then Jeffo, I'd like to ask, like, do you what 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 springs to mind? You don't have to have like this is my number one, uh, but do you have do, anything in particular that you feel like you think or like what what do you think of like twenty twenty three in movies? I guess uh, it's been a really good year. I agree. Um, it's been a really really good year for movies. No like big wow out there movies which you know like last year like um everything everywhere all at once came out and just like took the world by storm and i don't feel like we have one of those this year obviously we have barbenheimer from the summer which kind of acted in concert um which was the like the rare combo of both of them being actually very good and very profitable yeah. um it blew well up received. pop culture uh, my top two for the year um I, I, it's between past lives and the yes. horrors. Um, I know. Can you make sure. I, well, and there's not enough past lives people in her. <laughs> I I loved past lives um, so much. Like the second act, especially as some like when I saw it, I was yeah. still in a long distance relationship at the time, and like right. that that middle act of past lives, just like absolute, like it was just so close to home for me, and it's it portrayed everything so well. Um, and then that final act where you're like figuring out how you know we're just doing it how uh how your life got you to where you are and and yeah. how it's whether it's fate or whether it's just the way things are or if it's how it's meant to be or whatever you want it whatever spiritual or religious thing you want to associate with it it was just so well done and, and i i loved it and that's probably yeah. gonna end up being my best of the year yeah uh yeah i th I think it's a really good movie year i think uh i i it does feel like to a degree more that things <laughs> That these uh, that these two movies that that Barbie and Oppenheimer, I think Oppenheimer in particular, kind of I think has a an edge out for the uh, for best picture. I I think, but I I would not be surprised for this to be one of those years where like five years later we're like, oh, that one best picture because there's like kind of all these like really good movies that I think are like yeah, not quite five. Like my five star movies this year are Past Lives. I also have Monster, um, which which I love, and then Renaissance. Like those are my those are my three five star movies this year. Um, which I think is like it's kind of a yeah, it's kind of a it's a good year, but I think it's a bit of a unique year. Yeah. Yeah, the Oscar race is gonna be really interesting this year because Oppenheimer feels like the movie that would have absolutely won 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. But I everything is really different now in terms of how the Oscars think. And, you know, Oppenheimer and, and, you know, you have the, um, you know, the, the people who do this for a living who still see Oppenheimer as like, it's the great man movie and great is right. in really heavy quotes there. Yeah. Um, and, and so I wonder if the current Academy voting base is still going to see Oppenheimer in that way, or if they're going to look at something like, like the holdovers, or like killers, 
or a thing, Killers of the Flower Moon, movies like that with um, more regard than maybe where the prognosticate the prognosticators are saying. Yeah. 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 I think it's, it's uh, similar in the way of you said of like, you know, actors playing famous people like, you know, that, that being Oscar bait, like this similarly would, it would be like a best picture lock. I, you know, these things change very quickly, especially as we get closer and closer to Oscar time. But like, I think if we voted today, it would not win. Um, that's just my read, but I'll be interested to see how things change because things are, you know, people start, people start lobbying. It's just like Congress. It's fun. It's like government. People start lobbying for the movie and then people start bribing each other. It's wonderful. We love the Oscars. Um, people have gay sex on the, never mind. <laughs> just listen, like the respect the purity of the building. Creed. <laughs> hey, I'm Canadian. Who cares? Exactly. Right. Um, Aaron, <laughs> you, you, said, you don't think, you don't think Oppenheimer will win? Who? Uh, I, I'm saying based on how things are right now, I don't think it will win. So what do you think is winning? Things, these things change. Listen, that's not what I said. I'm not, well, I'm not trying to, I'm not, I don't want to be boxed in fine. Past, past lives will win. No, I, I think past lives has a better chance um, acting wise, but um, even though I think it deserves maybe to, directing, to yeah. be nominated. I think it's, although possible. I think Christopher Nolan's going to win directing, but Arrow, there are so many Nolan's like, I'm never, I'm never oh. directing the Oscars ever. Don't even ask there. Me. There are so many movies coming out over the next like week and a half ish, basically from now until Christmas, we have mm -hmm. American fiction, the iron claw, anyone, but you Aquaman, rebel moon, Ferrari, the color purple maestro, all of us stranger things getting limited release. And obviously the big one we're all waiting for, which is migration, which is <laughs> the animated movie about migration. I hate, I hate your migration platform. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot that's uh, going to be out there. Unfortunately, Busy. we're not going to get to cover it all, but you know, we'll, we'll do our best and maybe we'll do a, um, you know, episode where we miss some things and we talk about things uh yeah. more generally group some things together we'll see but um this has been super fun jofo thank you for coming on uh are you on the social meds where can people find you and argue with you about your uh, movie takes so i guess for these purposes my letterbox is jofo322 yeah. follow me there um that's going to be where you get most of my movie takes i also started doing a thing this year, which I immediately regretted, but I had to continue where I tweet out every movie I see um, uh, on my Twitter, which is also mm -hmm. Jofo322. I'm very easy to find um, on those two places. So there, that would be where you find me. You just watched The League. Was that good? I want to watch The League. How'd you want? No, I'm excited. The League, I learned a yeah. lot. Um, yeah. the, league, the history of the um, Negro Leagues, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for the people who don't know, it's about the history of the Negro Leagues, and it kind of ties in what was going on in society at the time. Um, which was obviously a lot. We're talking about, uh, you know, the, the pre-integration of baseball days. So we're talking about the 30s, 40s, 50s. And the movie or the doc really focused on post-World War II and how when everyone came home um, who was fighting overseas, like it just kind of changed baseball forever. I, I thought it was really, mm. really well done. Really interesting. Highly recommend. Cool. Love it, Grace. This is your only podcast, right? Where else? Yep. What else do you got going on? This one, and then and then just uh, Fargo, The Crown, The Curse, Yellowstone in January. Full spoiler recaps with Jess. So, yeah, I'm on social media at Hi from Grace. Fantastic. I am uh, also covering Six Feet Under with Dr. Amanda, which has been super fun. We're closing in on the season one finale. Uh, we're actually recording that imminently. So I'm super excited about that. And I am on Letterboxd at AR underscore F as in Frank on Twitter at that other Ariel. And 
that's it. That's it for this week. I have nothing else for you. Uh, Jeffo, thank you so much again for coming on. I'm Ariel. That's Grace. We are Pusho Recaps Theater. Bye.